Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Draft Capital, powered by my bookie. I'm one of the co-hosts here for Draft Capital. Joining me is fellow co-host and president of Off the Ball Network, Chris LeBron. What's up, Chris? How you doing today, brother? Man, I'm doing really good, Steven. It's it's, uh, it's uh, good to have you back. Good to get back on on Draft Capital episode two, right? Episode two is our second episode, episode right? two. Yes, I yeah, mean yeah. it's our first like real episode. The first one was kind of an intro, but yeah. technically, yeah, technically, yeah, yeah, te- yeah. You know, uh, you know, uh, can't can't wait to, to dive in and you know uh, talk some NBA draft. You know, no matter what, I feel like the NBA draft is never over. The cycle, it's always <laughs> to me, it's three sixty five, twenty four seven. It's you know the minute. 2021 was over it was like all right 2022 let's dive into these guys so i'm excited to talk uh chop it up with you and and let's roll man yeah let's do it man and the title of sorts for this episode is going to be international men of mystery and you know as the draft cycle chris that you were just talking about ramps up you're going to have a lot of people give you their insights and thoughts about certain players and we could be, you know, just like everyone else who runs terrific shows, not bashing anybody. But, you know, you're getting a lot of, you know, the Paolo Banquero, the uh, Chet Holmgren, the, the Jaden Hardy discussion, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a, a couple other players sprinkled in there. But today, Chris, we want to zig when everybody else is zagging. We want to talk about some of the most um, talented and well-known big men coming into this year's draft cycle. And, Chris, I know when we were discussing this, you know, you were kind of all on board on this, too. So what is it about the international style of play that affects, you know, the way that that you scout it, the way you look at it and how they translate coming into today's NBA? I always find in like, you know, uh, scouting international players is always to me, it's like a science because it's it's so it's obviously we're talking about a different style of game, uh, basketball being played. So whenever we hear about, you know, some of the top international players, there's always going to be some skepticism, you know, about some of these guys, because it's like, well, for every Luka Doncic, there's a, you know, there's a, um, there's a Dragon Bender. A Jan uh, Vesely or someone like that. A Jan Vesely. Like there's, there's more of those guys than there are Lukas. I mean, the Lukas are, are, you know, one in a million, you know, and the Giannis's and all those guys, you know. So it, it, to me, that's the fun part is trying to figure out all that and seeing, you know, does it translate? Because like for Luca, I mean, I think Luca changed the whole way we, you know, we look at, you know, international players because the, the thing was always athleticism, right? And a lot of the international guys may not be, you know, as, you know, the athletes we have here in the States. So I think what pe- got people down on Luca was, let's be real, he's he's not the most athletic person in the world, but we, we, I think we got blinded by the fact that he's been playing in the pros for a long time. All right. So he's around grown men playing basketball and his skill set is what is what uh, trumped everything. So forget about the athletic ability. I mean, how many times we see guys who are super athletes that just don't know how to play the game of basketball in the States all the time. So I think Luca changed the way people look at international players, and, and to me, that's the fun part: is figuring out. All right, does this? You, can we see this guy translate to the states and all that? So to me, you know, I, I find I, I'm always, you know, it's easy to figure out the guys here, you know, playing college basketball and G League and all that, but international scouting international guys and get trying to get as much because it's also like it's like a we talked about this before. It's also like sometimes hard to get film on these guys so Mm -hmm. like trying like that mystery so like i think there's a lot of intrigue in that too like trying to like like you know like break a code like because you're like like, (laughs) does anybody have film on this guy like you know uh and it's 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 crazy but uh uh it's you know it's that science it's it's a mystery like you said man a mystery man it's just like trying to figure out do they translate does this does that skill against Maybe you know the the level of competition in some of these leagues aren't aren't as great as obviously the NBA and, and some of the other top leagues in the in, in in overseas. But trying to figure out does that skill translate to the NBA game? So to me, that's always fun trying to figure out, put all the pieces together, and see mm-hmm. you know which guys you think are are going to excel in the pros. Yeah, and that's a great great way to lay that out. And you talk about how film is hard. I mean, it's hard even for 
you know, NBA organizations, really, I mean, look at a Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, the film that they got from this guy who wasn't even in top tier European style of play, who is reigning finals MVP for the Milwaukee Bucks now. You know, if everyone had film on him and everybody, you know, knew everything that we knew today, obviously he goes significantly higher than middle of the first round. But, you know, some of these players, Chris, you know, it it was hard to access some film. But, you know, luckily we're friends with a, a couple other podcasters and writers and things of that nature who were, you know, very much uh, inclined to kind of turn us on to where to get some of these uh, players and some of these guys went into the into the draft process last season and had a lot of hype surrounding him and we'll we'll talk about some of those guys but Chris um, the biggest thing that I like about the international style of play is I think it's more translatable today than it ever has been I mm-hmm. think you know with positionless basketball you really want five guys out there who can dribble pass and shoot you know that DPS game that I that I'm going to continue to refer to you know dribble pass shoot yep. it's very important in today's NBA and so with with players like Amanu Ginobili, a Dirk Nowitzki laying the groundwork and the framework for the way that a lot of current NBA players today play, whether it be European or, you know, domestic, I think that now it's easily, it's, it's more easy to translate um, the, the European style of play. Not saying it's easy at all, like in, in general, but it's easier and it's uh, more translatable than it ever has been. Yes. The game definitely, definitely fits these international guys more than it did you know just 10 years ago or even six years ago whatever like the way like you mentioned kind of position is basketball or you kind of everybody wants ball handlers you need multiple ball it's not just the point guard needs to be able to handle the ball maybe the shooting guard can have a little dribble shooting small forward like the days of you know each position you have to be a point guard or shooting guard or small forward are kind of gone like you need Mm -hmm. everyone needs to handle the rock even the centers you know, as yep. we've seen, a lot of big men are kind of getting, you know, pushed back because, you know, they may not be able to handle the ball or shoot. That's why you're seeing guys, that, you know, today, some of today's players, seven-footer that are, you know, dribbling the ball like like Gar. I mean, look at Jokic. Yep. <laughs> I mean, Nikola Jokic, I mean, the MVP. I mean, and he's not an athlete by any – I mean, we might have a better – Stephen, we might have I, better I mean, uh, averts <laughs> than him. You know, we might – you know – you know, like if I get the knees plus some icy hot, I might have a better vert than than, uh, than Jokic, but he's an elite passer. I mean, he's not just a good passing big; he's a good passer. Period. period. Like it's not just period. It's, he's one of the best we've seen. Like he's special and all that, and what he could do, and you know, could to be able to shoot from outside. Look at Joel Embiid; could shoot from the outside. You know, can handle the ball. You know, so Step now, backs. Yeah. yeah. So and we like guys like Jalil Okafor, who are elite footwork but they just don't possess all the other skills is why Mm -hmm. you see him getting bounced around he just got waved and we don't even know what his nba career it might be over Mm -hmm. so we're seeing a new age of basketball and it fits right into these international guys because a lot of the guys in especially in this class Mm -hmm. are tremendous ball handlers and great passers and that fits right in today's basketball especially in the nba yeah, we'll use that as an excellent segue to talk about some of these players, man. And the first one that I want to talk about is a is a guy that coming into this draft cycle didn't really know much about at all. But I mean, we'll we'll go ahead and dive into him. Uh, Hugo Besson, uh, the French point guard. You know, if if I had to look at his style of play and how it compares, he's very much like a hybrid guard. You know, to to shout out our guy Richard Phillips, RP three, the great. Uh, you know hybrid guard is kind of one of these positions that he talks about where if you're compare them into the animal kingdom you know they're they're a king cobra you know they're lethal as soon as they strike you you just count down the seconds until you're dead right so Mm -hmm. uh, you know a hugo besson he's 20 years old coming out of france so a little bit older i think than what a lot of guys are looking for in today's uh players you like you like them to be in that teens you know 20 is now the new 30 chris i don't know if you knew this but uh i mean if you're 21 you're old in, in the nba now so (laughs) <laughs> and look at a guy like Chris Duarte, who, you know, I had as a as a late yeah. first round for late first rounder and is one of the best scorers for the Indiana Pacers now. But we'll dive in back into Hugo Besson here. He's six three, about two hundred pounds, very much so an NBA style of play. He's averaged eighteen point six points per per game in a St. Quentin basketball last year, shot about forty eight percent from the floor, almost thirty six percent from deep, Chris, three assists per game, and only about two and a half turnovers per game in about 30 minutes per game. So 
what was your thought process? Uh, how did how did Hugo pop out on the tape to you, and how do you see him working in today's NBA? When I watched Hugo play, I, I saw New York City point guard. Mm. It's just his bag, you know, uh, is is just is very New York City esque. That's the first thing that popped up when I first saw him play. I'm like, wow, he's a he reminds me of like Stephon Marbury or. You know, Kenny Anderson, those type of like, he just has a tremendous handle. It's very agile and all that. And I think he, he, he put his name in the draft last year. And I think he, he, he withdrew, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, he's, uh, he's definitely got a lot of skill with, with the, with the ball in his hand, but with a lot of guys too, he's got to work on his shooting. Uh, yep. in the, he's got to work on his shooting and, and as most guys, he's still young and all that, but I, I love his bag. You know, I think he has all the skills you know, to be, to play in the league, you know, uh, might take him a few years, obviously to, to develop and all that. But um, I, I definitely like his bag a lot. It just gives me that New York city vibe, you know, when I watch him play and, and definitely looking forward to watching more of him, see how he progresses, you know, at some solid numbers, you know, um, but I, I think uh, he's definitely going to be one of the top guys. I'm going to be watching a lot this year. Yeah. And it, the bag that you talk about, that's the exact same thing that I have here in my notes, you know, has an NBA bag, a very solid handle, capable playmaker. He's he's not going to be one of these guys that's bereft of a uh, passing ability, still can make good pa- passes. But I think his passing opens up because of how, you know, dynamic of a score he is very much an NBA style uh, point guard. I think in today's NBA where he can run a pick and roll, he had he would have gravity, I think, in today's NBA as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to he's going to help get guys open, you know, and that's what you want from your point of attack player. And that's what I think Hugo brings. Now, Chris, some of the things that, that I'm going to be paying attention to. And, and look, when I'm looking at like weaknesses, it's not that I'm looking, and I know that you're a lot like this too, Chris, it's not that we're looking to tear down a player. Mm-hmm. This is just areas where I think, you know, we refer to them as weaknesses, right? Because it's just shorter to say, but it's just areas of improvement, right? So when I look at this, like, his efficiency isn't terrible, but it's not top-notch coming into the season, right? He's not super explosive, could be a more uh, more athletic player. But he's like one of these – he kind of has a little bit of an old man game that I keep referring yeah. to, Chris, where the game just kind of happens around him. A lot of his offense is just using his body, and we see this pretty commonly with uh, European-style players, right? They're not going to give you – you know, those 40, you know, 46 inch verticals, 48 inch verticals or what have you. But he's going to use his body positioning. Well, he's not a small guy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, he kind of falls victim to a little bit of what Ricky Rubio does, right? Where he wants to go for the more pretty play than the simple, uh, simple play. And again, you know, European style of player, is he going to be able to defend well? But the good thing yeah. is, Chris, is what I think is going to help him is that point guards aren't necessarily what they used to be where you need like that Gary Payton, John Stockton style of point guard mm-hmm. where you have to be a top notch defender. Now you just got to be serviceable. Look at guys like yeah. Trey young players like that. Chris, what do you think about, um, you know, Hugo's areas uh, that he needs to improve on? I mean, a lot of those stuff you just mentioned, well, I think what's going to help him, like, obviously they're playing and he's going to be playing obviously New Zealand with the breakers, but also he's going to be playing with the Yang. So I think that's going to help a lot. Obviously, like I said, going to have to work on a lot of things defensively and all that but i think playing with the yang is going to help a lot of wing who you know a dynamic wing, and that's someone we'll be talking about a little bit later but you know um i think that's going to help a lot with his his efficiency you know his playmaking and all that and you know guys guys there's going to be a lot of a lot of international guys are going to need work and and that's we're going to be talking about that with a lot of these guys you know they're going to have to improve like strength i think that's one thing you're going to see a lot with the international, you always gonna, they're always going to bring up strength, yep. right? Physicality you know, of the game. And to me, like, I don't see that as a weakness per se. It's just, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, once you get to the NBA, they'll teach you. I mean, Gian, if you go to Giannis scouting, <laughs> I mean, Fact. they probably bring up his strength, right? He needs to get strong. I don't see that as a weakness. Like once you get into the, you know, the NBA and you get into that workout regimen, look at Giannis now. That's no longer an issue is the strength. Mm-hmm. So for him – I think all that stuff will get work, you know, uh, you just polishing all his skills as, as a point guard, you know, um, and, and I think, uh, like I said, playing with Yang, you know, uh, in the NBL, playing a good league yep. in Australia. So I think I think he's going to be all right, you know, uh, but like I like mentioned before, he's one of the one of the top guys I'm going to be watching this year. So uh, I hope he does good with the breakers. 
Yeah, very fascinating style of play. Again, I think it's easily translatable. I think he's a very safe player too. I mean, like worst case scenario, I could look at him as being like a uh, a more offensively skilled, like Jose Calderon type player. That's, you know, a, hey, that's a 15-year vet. 15 Jose Calderon vet. played, what, 10, 15 years in a league? You know, uh, uh, you know, a Dragic, you know, type player. You know, mm-hmm. those guys played in a league for a while. Maybe not as that dynamic as Dragic as a scorer, but, you know, those guys played in the league a long time. So I, I could see that with him. He has all the potential to, to play in the league for a long time. I, I, he's, like I said, one of the guys that's been rising for me, and, and I'm going to be – watching a lot of his stuff this year again 19 points per game in in french league and i mean he's been a double digit scorer for for quite some time now and again i think hugo besson right now he's my um top international player over a guy that i was super high on coming into analyzing uh overseas play i know that you have some feelings about nikola jovic as well we'll get right into him chris talk to me a little bit about nikola jovic and some of the takeaways that you have on him so far in the early going Man, he he's one of my favorites, maybe my favorite. He he does a little bit of everything, you know. Um, what is he six ten? You know, yep. he he has he he has all the skills. Um, can score, can shoot from the outside. I know the numbers say say that you know he's a little bit inefficient, but I feel like you know it's just a matter of just working on shot selection and and all that. And you know, so I think that that'll get better once he gets into the NBA and all that. So. He, you know, him in transition, he, he's tremendous in transition in open space as a passer, as a finisher. There's so much to like about him. You know, uh, I, I just he may be my top international pro- prospect. He, he's just so good. Um, like I said, can do a little bit of everything. And, you know, had a, on the under 19s. I mean, I think it was against Japan where he just went off. Mm-hmm. I think he had like 35 and 12. I it was I forgot the exact stat line, but he went he he showed out in the under 19s for sure. He had that one highlight play where he dunked on um I forgot who were they playing. Um but you know the game against Japan had a I think he had 32, 35, whatever amount of points. He bowled out, uh just played really good in the under 19. So to me, you know, then that's when people started to realize, oh who, who's this Jokic guy? He's like, no, it's not <laughs> you know, not people Jokic. Get he's not Jokic, he's not he's definitely not Jokic. You know, as far as body type and all that, but he, he is he's so skilled. He could do everything, pass, score. To me, the shoot he ha- his all his um his mechanics show yeah. that to me he's going to be a he could be a knockdown shooter in the pro. It's just a matter of just you know the you know uh, just figuring out you know shot selection and all that. You know, um, I, I think he could be a a, a, a above you know 36 percent three point shooter in the league. You know, I just think. He's very dynamic, and I like him. Some people are low on him. I saw a few yeah. uh, uh, big boards that had him second round. I don't see second round. I see lottery pick rise of right now, maybe even higher, yeah. as we get towards you know as we continue on with the you know as we get closer to the draft. He he's he's one of my favorites. So uh, I mean I, I could, I'm blushing about him because he just he, he's just he has everything you want. You know, in a wing, you know, uh, takeover ability, everything you want. So uh, I'm very high on on Jovic. Yeah, and again, I was really big on Jovic until I started watching Besson film. And again, second best international player in my opinion. But that's not to say that he's also not extremely talented. I'm with you. I think he could kind of be in that mid mid first round draft pick area. It depends yeah. on how much you know people like tall you know, wingmen that can shoot. That's kind of the, that's kind of the going thing in today's NBA, Chris, and Mm -hmm. his height and shooting prospects are what really stuck out to me as well. But I mean, he's 18 year old guy from Serbia, you know, that combo forward is still very young. Serbia will be putting out some players lately. Serbia's got some hoopers, man. I mean, if you can ball in the cold, you can ball anywhere, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Hey, those are guys like, hey, they could ball in the cold and it gets, it's cold over there. I'm I'm assuming Mm -hmm. it's very cold. It just sounds never been. I hear it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It sounds like a cold country. So, but uh, they've been producing some hoopers, so uh, I, I I fully expect them to be that next that next one. Yeah, and I mean last season for KK Mega Baymax, he averaged almost 12 points per game. 
uh, shot about 50, almost 50% from the floor, but that 27% from deep, that's oh, that's over all the games he played. There were some yeah, leagues yeah. that he played in where he, he played in like, four, like three or four leagues, right? Am exactly. I yeah. Like, and yeah. he looks like he could be in, in, in some of those leagues, you know, he's about a 40% shooter and some of them he's mm-hmm. about, you know, low 20s. So it really the just ice, depends. He isos a lot. He does, he does. ISO a lot. And that's something you're not going to be able to do in the pros in the NBA. So I feel like because he's the guy on his, on most of his teams, he, 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 he's feeling himself a lot. And a lot of the stuff I, some of the stuff I was watching, it's like, all right, he, you know, he checked, you know, he, he, he felt like himself. He, he, he's very confident in his game yep. and that's, but once he, like I said, he's young, you know, yeah, we see that a lot. And, and, and so I, but I, all the mechanics show that he can be a, a, a plus, you know, exactly. a 35% plus three point shooter. So I'm not too worried about that right now. I think once he gets to the pro NBA, They'll teach him. They'll slow him down. You know, not too much ISO stuff and uh, learning to use screens and all that. I think he'll be a a, a solid, solid three point shooter. Yeah, and again, the eighteen year old guys coming in, uh, coming into teams, it, it you don't really look as a, at at their efficiency as a finished product. You know, I mean, these guys are yeah. still learning. They're playing against you know grown men and exactly. all these other leagues, right? So exactly, I, they're not a finished product. Like to me, nope. like. When we, and you've seen this a lot. I've seen this a lot. Where they're like, "Oh, he can't shoot to three. He shoots like twenty percent." If you just look at the percentage, you're like, "Oh, he's just twenty. He can't shoot the three. It's like you have to actually like look. And I'm not saying yeah. I fully dove into to all these guys. That's something I'm still doing and still trying to to uh, get a full evaluation of everyone. But it's like you got to put things in perspective. It's like you just can't look at the number, right? The number could be like can skew away from liking a player. It's like no, well, understand age who he's playing against, you know, he's feel like I said, he's feeling himself, you know, a lot yep. of times I was saying like, Oh, he's just, you know, he's in his bag. He's in, he's in, he's in his own world. So it's like, once you get to the NBA, they'll, they'll tone it down. They'll, they'll, you know, you could do the ISO of course, but you know, you're not going to be able to the, the amount of ISOs he was getting. You're not going to get that <laughs> at the NBA. That, that's a fact. So uh, yeah, not first coming in, but again, no, you know, his, his shooting isn't his only thing. And I think sometimes what I think what teams are going to fall almost too much in love is, is that he's got size and he has that, that ability to shoot. But I also love his playmaking ability. I mean, coming into a team where depending on the, the, the team that he's on in the lineup, he could be a good secondary tertiary playmaker. And you have to have that in today's NBA the, the days of having one guy orchestrate a, everything for your team, long gone. So you need these – you need forwards. We were just talking about this. We, we, we need forwards that have playmaking ability, and I think that's what, uh, you know, Jovic can do. But some of the exactly. things that you touched on for areas of improvement, you know, we, we, we were not going to be expecting him to, you know, take guys off the dribble. Um, but, you know, he, he has some instinct to use his body positioning. Again, you're going to hear me refer to, to a lot of players coming over internationally like – a lot of these dudes, they they use their bodies very well in terms of shielding and, and being able to finish, and that's what I think, uh, you know, Jovic can do. But there's the the question of defense. What position does he play on offense? I, I feel like that's easy, you know. But yeah. where does he defend? You know, is he he's kind of one of these players? Is he strong enough to keep up with the bigs in the paint? And is he fast enough to keep up with the guys on the wing? So you kind of find yourself a little bit no man's land with him. But again, you know. A lot of guys coming in today's NBA aren't lockdown defenders anymore. I mean, Matisse Thybul, he's 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 one guy out of a draft class where you just look at him and you say, okay, like you know that he's going to defend a Davion Mitchell. Exactly. You know that he's going to come in All and defend NBA defenders. Like, yeah, those those uh, those guys are you know one one and you know very rare. But he also um, he, he reminded me of like with friends, you know, Blindberg last year, kind of similar as far as body types, guys who could play make, guys who can, you know, uh, great in, in open space, you know, playmakers. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he'll fall. Like, obviously, Renz didn't even get drafted. And yeah. which, is, which and there was kind of the similar things where, you know, there people were worried about who, who, who is he going to defend? Mm-hmm. You know, strength, obviously, is always going to be a thing, you know. But um, and I, I was really shocked Renz didn't get drafted last year because, you know, it's very similar very similar to, to the Jovic, um, to Jovic. And as far as you know, the body types, playmaking, you know, bags, you know, that they, they both have solid handles. So I, I don't think that'll happen with Nicola. I think he'll, he's definitely going to get drafted, but I, I was, they're very similar, you know, uh, concerns about the, the, 
you know, shot selection and all mm-hmm. that. And that was a big thing with Renz. But I, when I saw his, you know, his shooting, uh, obviously he played at two different, you know, playing in Belgium, you know, uh, and playing Serbia. Belgium, not the greatest, didn't have the greatest of league. Serbia, a little bit better, but it's kind of similar. Um, so um, I hope he doesn't fall. That doesn't happen to him where people like, oh, we'll trust the shot selection and we don't think that's going to translate. Like friends, we friends didn't even get a NBA invite, a summer league, yeah. invite, which is, I still can't believe that. So hopefully, you know, he'll, he'll get his way to the NBA. But hopefully, I don't, I don't think that'll happen with Joey, but they're kind of similar as far as, you know, playing style in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll and we'll talk about a guy who went into the draft last year too now, and that's Yoko, say it with me, Chris, Perkison. Roko Perkison. There we go. There we go. So Roko Perkison, he came into the draft last year. And hey, man, Chris, there was a lot of dudes that were high on him coming into the draft man, yeah. last year. First season. round buzz. I know a lot of people had him in the first round. Yeah, and and now he, he withdrew and he's coming back for this year. It looks like he's almost a sure thing to get into the draft this year. And there's a lot of buzz on him being a you know a top five to ten pick, depending mm-hmm. on who you're asking, right? So Roko Perkison. I'm looking at him right now, an 18-year-old from Croatia. He's about 6'9", 230 pounds. It depends on where you're going for your information as to his exact height and weight, right? It's funny how that works. And, Chris, I have him pegged as kind of a dual forward, almost like a like a perimeter creator. Mm-hmm. Um, he's at, he's averaging this season 11.5 points per game in his play for um, KK Sabonia basketball this year. He, right now, this year, he's shooting about 53% from the floor, 44% from deep, Chris, is giving you almost six rebounds per game and only about two turnovers and only 26 minutes per game. Chris, when I look at this guy, one of the biggest issues I had with him last season was, yeah, his he he's kind of a physically imposing guy. You know, yeah. he's, he's big, he's strong, he gives good flashes, but my concern was what was his shot creation going to look like last year? This year, if you look at any film of the way he's playing now, He's answered those, which is yeah. why I have him he's as a top a good, five guy. He's, he's off to a really good start. <laughs> that shooting percentage definitely helps. When you're 6'9", you can shoot 40%, mm-hmm. and you're, you're strong. You can use your body very well to help you get any shot off that you want. His yep. defensive abilities, I think, are a little bit more polished than some of these other prospects that we're going to be talking about. And he's still very young. Obviously, I just mentioned he's 18 years old. Um, again, shooting was a big question for me last year. It uh, looks like he's answering it now. He's very aggressive in his, uh, you know, in his desire to score. He has good vision when he wants to pass. It looks like he has good passing chops, although those assist numbers, again, just depending on the league and, you know, yeah. how the coach is wanting to use him. Just because he's not, he doesn't have high assist numbers, doesn't mean that that passing ability is not there. He's just a really good finisher, as indicated by his 53% shooting from the floor. So. Chris, what are you thinking, man? Rocco this season, you look at him as a top 10, five pick, where like just initially gut check feel, how do you think that he's going to finish the season? I was, I was, as many were shocked that he pulled his name out. I thought he definitely should have been a first round pick at the end of the first round. People were hearing, you know, maybe early second. He may, so far, he's made the right decision. Yeah. I mean, he's on pace to definitely be a lottery pick at worst right uh the way he's he's going and um like you said six nine two thirty like we mentioned with the first few guys playmaker can do a lot of those stuff like you know great in transition and all that and he he's um he, he he's gonna be a good one i i was i was really shocked that he, he pulled out last year because i'm like he's he's gonna make one of those bottom you know the, that was you know, one of those playoff teams that they end in the first round, really happy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he, he just bought himself a, a lot of, a, a, you know, a, a fatter check when he gets in. Cause he's, <laughs> uh, he's also a, a great start with shooting 52%. You said, you know, 40, you know, 40 plus from three. I mean, those are all things that, you know, people want to see for him improve on. And the strength is there. I mean, like we mentioned with a couple, like we mentioned with a lot of guys, you know, his strength is not an issue. He has the size that you want. So, he, he definitely it's so far made the right decision by pulling his name out and, and entering 2022 so uh, uh he, he he's uh he, he he could even go higher i mean we, we talk about top 10 buzz you know um as the year goes by we'll see how how his season goes and his progresses but so far so good roko definitely made the right decision so far yeah you can't knock him at all and so although he has improved chris some of the things that i would like to see him improve upon even more 
his decision make decision making. And again, mm-hmm. young guys, you're going to knock them for their decision making. Uh, his turnovers need to be cleaned up a little bit. Um, playing in New Zealand this year ought to help his development. We just got done talking about how Hugo Besson is going to play in New Zealand. New Zealand is shaping up to be a, a, a very fertile ground for young NBA players. I mean, we've seen a number of guys already. You talk about LaMelo Ball. You're talking about, you know, RJ Hampton. And now we've already gone through about three players in, in our top top three so far mm-hmm. that we're going to be talking about. And the next one that we're going to be discussing is going to New, Ze- New Zealand as well. Um, but I think that playing in New Zealand is going to help him out. His defense has been known to, to be a little lacking, but – or in the early going, it looks like he's showing effort there. He's 18 years old, too. 18 like, years old, bro. He's a baby. <laughs> 18. He's a baby. Like, people forget he is a baby. And I think the defense will get better. He has the size to be a solid defender. The shooting, the, the two things we just mentioned, the defense and the perimeter shooting, so far he's worked on those two things. And so far those things looking pretty good. You know, had a good yeah. first game of the season. I think he had 24 and 6. He keeps continuing that, 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 you know, that he's going to keep rising up draft boards and, uh, you know, and, and even look smarter from, for, uh, for pulling out of last year. So, you know, I think he's the, the he, he sky, the, 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 um, whatever you want to call it, the graphs, the, uh, the, the, um, I'm trying to find the word. I can't find the word. Um, uh, it's going up. Stock, oh, stock, stock his, stock, his stock market. I, I think of, yeah, yeah. The stock, stock market value. is going up with him. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and hey, I I had a little bit of a blunder myself. I was saying that he's going to New Zealand. Obviously, that's not the case. You know, he's playing in Croatia for KK Sabonia. But the guy who I was looking at my notes, that's going to be the guy that we're talking about now, Usman Dieng. And hey, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that are really high on him, and rightfully so. I mean, he's kind of a perimeter creator, Chris. Uh, you know, 18 years old. He's French. Going to be playing, yes, in New Zealand. I I know that this one is the case, right? Not making a mistake here. But hey, man, six nine, almost two hundred pounds. I mean, what do you what do you like about a, having a, a a perimeter creator who's six nine, who looks like he can improve on his stroke a little bit? But man, he's he's pretty athletic. You know, he's pretty quick. He's long and has a really sound game. Chris, what do you like about Usman Dieng so far in the early going? Smooth in transition, and with Hugo is going to be his teammate. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be a very good combination. You know. Um, as the size, like I said, what six nine, six ten, yep. you know, buck ninety. Obviously, we all know. Got to work on getting stronger, but that will come. I'm not too worried about that. Needs to needs to improve on, you know, obviously, you know, perimeter shooting and all that. But I think um, he's gonna he's gonna be able to get a lot of pick and rolls with Hugo. You know, they're gonna be able to. They should be able to do a lot of good things and all that. So um, I, I think he he's in it, another intriguing prospect that I think can also you know, get, get up, you know, uh, rise up the boards, especially with Hugo there at the point. So uh, he's definitely an intriguing prospect, you know, has this, like I said, six, nine. I mean, I feel like all these guys are like six, nine, like, and like, that's, sh- I think we're going to, Hugo, we, man. We, Hugo's we used to, a shorty. Yeah, but like, it feels like, you know, we're going to be talking about guys. Oh, he's six, six. Oh, he's short. <laughs> the six, nine, the new six, nine, now the, you know, is the new six, six, you know, well, you, if you were six, six back in the day, you're like, Whoa, he's yeah. tall. I was like, no, you gotta be six nine or above. You know, I feel like all these wings and uh, are six nine and above. And uh, but he he's definitely has a, a a lot of tools. You know, um, obviously outside perimeter perimeter shooting is gonna be the biggest thing for him to work on. And um, so we'll we'll see how that improves throughout the year. I think he's below thirty percent or something like that. But uh, we'll see how it goes. But I think uh, pick and pop, pick and roll with, uh, with Hugo is going to be, uh, something I, I'm, I want to see a lot. I want to see this year from, from those two guys. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about his efficiency. That's definitely an area of improvement for me for when last year, when he was a 17 year old playing professional basketball, Chris, you know, he played for center. <laughs> he played for center. So and babies, man. We're France. talking about babies, like babies, crazy. dude. I mean, it, it makes me sad how good these dudes are. And I'm in my thirties now. Dude, um, that's why I, I don't want to, I don't want to <laughs> get, I don't want to harp on these, like, cause you'll see people and they'll be like, well, this guy, like we mentioned before, he can't shoot. He can't do this. These guys are babies. These guys, and yeah. They're going to they're, they're be coming from a different country, mm-hmm. you know, and, and trying to adapt, not just to the NBA game, just coming to a different country. That's a whole, yeah. that's a thing too. You have that's the thing that we don't. A lot of people don't put in you know perspective too. They gotta learn a 
you know, maybe a language. It's a whole yeah. different language barrier, money, everything, whole different lifestyle. So get their families things take set a while. Up. Yeah. You know, especially when you're 18, you know, you know, 18, 19 years old, you know, uh, and you're coming to the States sometimes by yourself. And yeah. you, you may not have, you know, that support system right away. So, you know, that's why I don't like to trash. Like some people you hear trash the international players and they just criticize them. Can't really do that. It's 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 not really fair. I mean, you could get constructive criticism. Hey, you think this guy, but take like, like really get. I've I've heard some mm-hmm. podcasts recently. I'm like, whoa, all right, that's a little excessive. But hey, whatever works for them, right? Yeah, whatever works for them. But it doesn't work for us, man. So Usman Dieng uh, averaged about 13 points per game in his play in France last year. Uh, the efficiency, Chris. I mean, 34 percent from the floor, about 27 percent from deep. Terrific rebounder. I mean, uses his size very well, about five and a half rebounds per game. His turnovers, his decision-making needs to be improved a little bit, about three turnovers per game in less than 30 minutes per game, man. So I think going to New Zealand, playing with a guy like Hugo uh, Besson, who's going to have the ball probably a little bit more than what um, Usman's used to. But he's, I think, playing alongside of a a seasoned guard at the age of 20. (laughs) You know, a seasoned (laughs) seasoned guard like... Yep, he's, he's, he's seen yep. it all, man. So Hugo Besson, uh, I think, you know, with the ball in his hands, is going to give Usman some of the cleanest looks that he's ever seen. And I think yep. those two will be fun to watch. And that's going to be the, the New Zealand, you know, the, their stock's on the rise, too, if you talk about that. So we'll fast forward now to, um, man, everybody. I, I Listen, love Chad Ford to death. Chad Ford has uh, this player, Yannick Zosa, yeah. one of his highest ranked players, if not his number one guy. And again, this is where height. ESPN has him seventh right now. Dude, he's he's every he's in everyone's like top ten to five somewhere in that window. And Chris, I don't know how much you're used to 2K, but you know when you're given so much money and you're creative player, and you like try to make them taller, that takes away how much you know money or overall production or you know value you can give your guy based on his height. I think that's really applies in today's NBA because Yannick Zosa, although can. Pretty, pretty raw considering, you know, how young he is and where his actual NBA level talent is already. You know, the fact that he's seven foot tall and 180 to 200 pounds, it really depends on where you're going for your information. Mm -hmm. 17 year old kid from Congo. You know, he's I have him labeled as kind of this unicorn big, you know, Alexei Pokachevsky almost. But as a defensive player, you know how Alexei was one of these guys where, oh, he's so creative on the offensive end, you know. He's going to be so plug and play. He can play whatever position he can handle. He can pass or whatever. Yannick Zosa is like the defensive Alexei Pokashevsky. Everyone is so high on this kid's ability to guard. You know, you hear everyone say this guy can guard one through five. That's what Yannick Zosa is being billed as, is this one through five guy. Very athletic, very raw, fast, fluid. You know, his lateral movement and his, you know, straight line movement. He's a gazelle. Very freakish. He's a gazelle, man. He is a gazelle. I mean, just freakish athletic style of play. Um, he already shows a pretty good understanding of angles and closeouts. You know, that helps as a shot blocker and as a and, and as a guy who you know he's going to be asked to switch a lot in today's NBA. And I think that that's what guys like, you know, esteemed you know, analysts like Chad Ford look at with Yannick Zosa and have him slated so high because of how versatile on the defensive end that this kid's going to be. But Chris – Offense, we know reigns supreme in basketball today, and that's the biggest question marks that I have. What are your thoughts about Yannick Zosa so far? A like I mentioned, a gazelle, a guy who can feel like <laughs> you can have twenty steps ahead of you, and somehow he's going to chase down block it. Like mm-hmm. he, he blocks everything, but he is super like rawer than a you know Monday night. Raw, yeah, raw, like like Jr. Stay, you know, tougher, you know, whatever that saying for Jr. Stay raw than a than a than a ten ounce, whatever that saying was tougher than a ten ounce steak. Ten enough, tougher than he is so raw. Ten dollar steak, excuse me. Ten dollar steak, you know, yeah. Um, but he's he's a big, he's he's a baby baby. He's a newborn. Like I said, he's he's a gazelle, like, but he's just he just goes off just instinct because he's still learning the game, and obviously. Offense is, is is a work in progress, but he's mm-hmm. 17. So let's also put that he is a baby. You know, having him, it's kind of similar to Usman Garuba last year too because yeah. Usman Garuba was another guy who was super raw, not as raw offensively, 
because you saw some things. And Yannick, you see some things like as far as just the soft form, touch around that, the basket, things touch. like that. Yeah, 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 things like that you see. But obviously, you know, needs a ton of work with the offensive game. But defensively, I mean, you know, he had some strength, man. I mean, for, even if he doesn't ever develop the offensive game, he could come in and still, you know, be a, a rim protector. You know, he's going to be able to do that. It gets, you know, gets into the weight program. I mean, you know, he can be a solid rim protector in this league, even if the offense never comes. But it, it's so hard to, to to really figure him out because he's so young and, and like, it's all proje- projection for him. You know, um, if the offense comes, you might, this might be Giannis <laughs> for all we know, <laughs> you know? So, but how do you project that? It's it's he's he's really tough. I like I said, um, seeing him as high as seventh, mm-hmm. seeing him as low as you know in the second round. So he, Dude, he has Chad a, Ford has him higher than seven. I'm just saying, man, yeah. and I love Chad Ford to death. It's the offense that has me scared, man. It's it's genuinely yeah, it's, the, his defense is there. Not only that, Chris, but you touched on the strength aspect of it. I mean. I've seen places have him listed at 180 pounds. I've also seen places have him listed at like upwards of 220. So if you just average that out, just shoot down the dice. I mean, 200 pounds is he, you're not going to be asking him to guard, you know, Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. Not that really many people can. Yeah. But still. On one like, side, I had seen 172. And I'm geez. like, whoa. I mean, he needs to. <laughs> He needs to eat some, uh, get some, some spinach, bro. Some, yeah, he needs to eat. He needs to eat some, uh, some fast food. Hey, but once, once you get to the states, man, you got we got all the fast food in the world. You know, getting man, hey, New Orleans, New Orleans. Hey, there's your guy. And you see with Zion, you know Zion, <laughs> you know looking plumpy. So hey, maybe you need to go to New Orleans and get that gumbo. And this, but that's the thing. He's he's such an enigma right now. Like mm-hmm. everyone is infatuated. But same thing like Garuba. That's his, and I really like Garuba last year, but I felt like. He was raw offensively, but not to this level. Like yeah. I felt like the offensive, you know, his offense was especially around the rim. I like this touch. I think that shooting could eventually be like he reminded me of Abaka. Like Abaka coming out. We all remember Abaka just being a shot blocker, right? Yep. And eventually we but he always had the form, the technique to to down the line be a good shooter, right? We, we, you know, everyone projected he could be a good shooter. And now what do you know Abaka for? Right, being a kind of Stand a three and D guy, right, a, th- yep. a corner three guy, you know, uh, that shoots at a, a nice clip, you know, and uh, I think that with Garuba, that could be his potential. Yannick, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's even, tough it's, to it's, measure, it's, man. It's, it's 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 still early. Like I mentioned, he's seventeen years old. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, the thing. I, I he may know. not go, get drafted <laughs> this year. He may decide, hey, if I withdraw and work on some things. Maybe I can pull, you know, a Rocco Perkison, you know? I, I mean, mean if, if he's getting top if, – if they're telling him he's top 10, I can see That's a lot him, of money. It's a lot of, <laughs> it's, it's a lot to turn down, but I I would with – the, with the way, you know, the, the basketball world is shaping up now where you got mm-hmm. all these different avenues to make money, you don't have to go right to the pros. Like, you can go to college and, you know, name, image, and likeness and go to the G League, go to the, you know, overtime yep. and make money and develop. We'll see, but um, he's he's definitely interesting. You know, um, definitely one of the most unique, unique prospects in this draft. Yep, another unicorn big, and it feels like we at least have one of those a year. Not to mention that we're gonna have when we start talking about these domestic players like a Chet Holmgren. There's another unicorn another in this draft too, and, and that's gonna be a fun podcast when we finally decide that we're done being unique. And, and, and conforming to mainstream draft talk, right? So, chat, um, chat pod, chat pod's gonna be fun. Chat pod on the low, low. All right, so we'll transition from one big right to another. We have Khalifa Jop, uh coming uh, coming in. You know, nineteen year old player from Senegal. Um, he's six uh, eleven, about two hundred and thirty pounds, a little bit more beefier than the aforementioned Zosa, but uh, you know, kind of a traditional center in a sense. You know, if I could coin a phrase, a modern traditional big. You know, shades. I'm not gonna say he is uh, Joel Embiid, but a, a little bit of a Joel Embiid in his game. You know, he's surprisingly fluid, solid post moves, and has a slight ability to take a couple dribbles, Chris, and, and make a good decision. A um, little bit of passing abilities as well. He runs well, and again, he has the potential to rise. I think on a lot of people's draft boards because I think that you're gonna see the player comp the most is like a uh, you know a, a a light Joel Embiid. 
he's mm-hmm. averaging this season so far 7.2 points per game for uh, Grand Carnia, uh, shooting 55% from the floor, uh, about four rebounds, and only 16 minutes per, per, per game, Chris. So when you hear about those low minutes, is that kind of a concern for you for, for a young big, or do you think that that's just style of play difference? Uh, that's just style of play. I mean, we see that a lot with the international guys. They, they're not playing a lot of minutes. It doesn't really mean anything. You know, I know some, some people get concerned when they see all oh, this guy like, not playing a lot of minutes, but that's just how the international game works. They don't really play young guys like that, you know, uh, and we all know bigs take a little bit longer to develop. So not really concerned about the minutes being played. You just, you see whatever minutes he is getting, you see what he can get. And he's kind of a, an old school type of big, you know, back to the basket type. Is he related to Sagana Jop? Is that his brother? See, I looked, I looked a little bit for that, but Jana uh, Jop, I'm familiar with that name too. And then we have uh, Kita Bates Jop playing for the san antonio spurs this year so it, it's funny you know uh I'm not i don't sure. think they're related I, I'm, I'm seeing now because i i've been i've been trying to figure out because you know the opt-in they're kind of similar you know yep. tech bigs and all that and i'm like are they related but i i didn't i haven't seen anything but uh maybe i thought you do if you they were related in some way but i, don't I never found anything saying that they were and i feel like you know in doing my research that that would have been one of the first things to pop up if they were but i didn't want to flat out deny it but yeah. you, you you talk about him being a traditional big, and I agree with you in the aspect that he's not going to be one of these dudes that's going to step out and shoot. But again, mm-hmm. I think that he has a little bit of wiggle in his game. You know, I think that he has, you know, that the, that lateral movement that a lot of kind of modern bigs do. Again, like if I have to compare him to anybody, it's just like a kind of like a, a tiny little baby Joel Embiid. You know, he's not as polished as Embiid was coming out of Kansas or anything like that. But I do see a little bit of playmaking. I do see a little bit of dribbling and he's very smooth around the basket. And the only other player in the NBA that plays like that really, my man is, is Joel Embiid. So mm-hmm. I'm sorry for the, such a high level of comparison. I really don't like to do that, but there's not a lot of dudes in today's NBA that have the type of play that Khalifa Jop emulates other than a, than a uh, Joel Embiid to me, Chris. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, like I said, um, definitely has a little bit more wiggle in his game. You know, can is, is a solid athlete and all that. You know, good around the rim. You know, uh, so uh, another guy I'm gonna be gonna try to see if I can get some more uh, intel on and, and watch him more because you know we've been, I've been seeing his name around for the last few years. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit in last year's you know uh, you know draft cycle. You know, people could mention him, but uh, definitely someone you know uh, I'm definitely gonna you know, uh, try to get some more intel on and see how he uh, progresses throughout the season. Yeah, and I'm really infatuated by his game. A couple things that I think that he needs to work on is his shot blocking timing. I think that he can kind of be sold a little bit too easy on a pump fake. And the the minutes do concern me a little bit, Chris. I don't Mm -hmm. know how... I don't know how well he'll... he'll, how conditioned he'll be coming into the NBA. But again, I mean, it's it's one of those things where I'm not super familiar with Grand Carnia, just to be completely honest. But when I watch mm-hmm. the film, there's a lot that I really like. And I do think that he has the ability to improve over the year and, and eventually get drafted, my man. So we'll move on from Khalifa and we'll talk about Gabriel Prachita. All right. The Italian, the Italian wing right here. I hope I did his name right. Uh, 19-year-old kid. Be better than league. I could do. Definitely Gabriele Procida. All right, so 6'7", 200 pounds. Kind of a combo forward of sorts. I think he can give you kind of that you know, two through four range depending on the lineup and the team that he's on. Last year, Chris, he averaged about six points per game playing for San Bernard, um, Bernardo. Last year, shot 44% from the floor, about 39% from deep, two and a half rebounds per game and less than a turnover in about 16 minutes per game, my man. So... Efficiency looks good. I think the shot's going to be his calling card. Talk to me about what you've seen from uh, Gabe, uh, Gabriele Prochita. I haven't watched much of him, to be honest. Uh, I haven't watched much of him. So he's he's definitely one of those guys that I definitely need to watch more film of. A little but, great white buffalo type thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the name, you know, um, you said the name better than I could right now. So that's another thing I got to, I got to, uh, you know, work on, uh, with it, with Gabriella, you know, you got to uh, hold yeah, the hands too. Like you're, you yeah, know, you're, yeah, you're pinching Gabriella, something, Gabriella, you know, uh, Gabriella, <laughs> you know, um, but you know, just looking at just basically just looking out straight off his numbers and all that. I mean, 
can shoot the ball, you know, uh, from deep. Well, you know, three, good three point shooter has a size two six seven two hundred, you know. Um, so, but like I said, didn't haven't done a lot of have don't have a lot of intel on him right now. But that's definitely another guy that I definitely need to keep my eye on and see how he does and how he progresses. Yeah, and he's flirted with coming over to the states too in the NBA with Drew. The last few guys that we're going to be talking about are kind of these guys that uh, looked like they were going to get a shot in the draft for last year, and yeah, with Drew, their name. A lot of guys. When once yep. the NLL and all that the uh, that came out, and like a lot, bunch of guys pulled out, and especially a yep. lot of international guys, you know, uh, pulled out too. So I, I I've heard of heard of him, but just haven't dove into him um but that's definitely someone i'm, I'm going to be diving into a lot and see uh see what i, think, I can get out of i think people are going to like looking at his film a lot now efficiency to me is uh, is a bit of a problem so far in the three games that i've seen that he's played this year he only shot about 25 percent from the floor mm-hmm. now again that's coming back into the swing of things you know maybe playing with some new teammates things of that nature I think yeah. over time he'll look a little bit better. It's really hard to get worse than 25% from the floor, to be perfectly honest with you, Chris. But exactly, I think, yeah. you know, if you look at what he did last year, 39% from deep. I, I don't see – in looking at his shot, his mechanics are clean. Uh, he actually prefers to shoot more so than anything else, right? And that's another thing. You know, Does he settle too much? What does mm-hmm. he look like when he puts the ball on the floor? You know, can he be a little bit more aggressive in his game? Can he pump fake, give you two dribbles, and make a good clean pass? That's very valuable for your perimeter players in today's NBA if you're looking for them to show any type of playmaking at all. Now, um, Chris, the next guy that we're going to be talking about, we talked about a Nikola Jovic. All right, so how about this? We have a Tristan Vukovic. Vukovic. Not Vukovic. Yeah, with a K, with a K now. So we got an 18-year-old, another Serb, you know, from Serbia. Serbia. Seven foot, 230 pounds. This is a stretch big, Chris. This is kind of like your your Mehmet Okors, if you will, um, who played at Utah once upon a time. You know, he averaged three points per game last year for Real Madrid. That's a really tough club for a young guy to to get any minutes in. But 38% from deep, Chris, and in, in one rebound per game in about nine minutes right so most of his shooting came from deep shot 41 percent overall 38 percent from deep so you look at these guys and you're like okay but man pick and pop that's going to be his that's going to be his calling card and we've seen guys like davius bertans make a pretty penny mm-hmm. for just being tall and he can hit a three and chris i don't know if you've watched much film on him but when i look you know he has range to go with that accuracy too he's not just one of these guys where you know his foot's on the t- like he has a toe on the line. He has some deep ball, uh, some deep ball game. Shows flashes of some passing, uh, which is very important. Again, you know if if you can pump fake and take a dribble and find a cutter, that's very valuable in today's NBA. And despite his weaknesses, I think the shooting makes him dangerous. But it's going to be team dependent. So what do you think about uh, Tristan Vucevic? Yeah, Vukovic. 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 <laughs> Uh, another guy I haven't watched a lot of stuff on, uh, very very little, and like you said, um, has a size, right? So you would yeah. think he'd be a, a more of a brute down low, but he's more of like a, like you said, a metal car, you know, guy who can, you know, can shoot it a little bit, you know, because uh, you just look at his number. Because if you just look at his size and then you yep. see his shooting percentage, you're like, that doesn't make sense. So you know, just basing it off that, you're like, okay, definitely, you know shooting the ball maybe a little bit more so can he be physical um can can uh, can we get some more physicality out of him you know because he is seven foot 230 pounds i mean he's got yes. some size to him so can we get him you know working in, in in the post a little bit more and see what he could do you know even if he has a face-up game you know i'm not saying he needs to be a back to the back back type of player but you know get a little face-up game you know maybe he's i think he's hovering around the perimeter a little bit too much just from what i see but um Definitely another guy gonna have to see how he does because he has all the tools to be good. Like you said, pick a pop, he could be deadly with that. You know, uh, has some some playmaking, but you know, one rebound a game. I know it's just eight minutes. I know it's just yep. eight minutes, but it's just eight minutes. You know, it's hard to play seven, in Real Madrid for a baby man. I, it's really I hard. know it's a tough league. It's a tough league, Real Madrid. You know, um, but I need more than one rebound a game, buddy. I, I know it's eight minutes. I know you're playing nine, ten minutes a game, but. Like I said, just physicality. I need him to be a little more, you know, a little bit more aggressive, you know, getting all that because you, you, he has the size. So another guy I need to be um, going to have my eye on watching uh, a lot more of him. Um, but the Serbs keep producing guys, man. 
Yeah, the Serbs are strong, man. So, all right, we're going to move on to a player that I know you've heard of because this guy has been involved in the last couple of draft classes, and we've been hearing his name a lot, and that's uh, Malcolm Kazlin, you know, 20-year-old mm-hmm. player from France. He's he's a big guy. He reminds me a little bit of, you know, your Alec Burks's players like that, you know, 6'6", about 200 pounds, bit of a perimeter creator. That might um, be his perfect comp. It might Burks. be. It, it might, might be. be streaky as hell, just like Alex Burks. <laughs> Super streaky. How about for this year so far, Chris? He's averaging 10 points per game, playing for KK uh, Mega Baymax uh, this year, shooting 44% from the floor, 41% from deep, giving you almost three rebounds per game. Now his turnover or his assists per game are at 3.8. Turnovers are at two, so not your ideal, you know, turnover to assist ratio, but still not, not bad. It, it's not. It's not bad. He does give a little bit of playmaking. And how about this, Chris? His shooting has literally gone up. His efficiency from sh- from deep has gone up every single season that he's played professional basketball. Um, he's a very capable athlete. Um, he's not like you. Not everyone could be De'Aaron Fox, you know, or Kerry Lewis Jr. and just be a burner on the floor. But he's still a very capable NBA athlete. Good shooting, finishing ability. Can finish with either hand. Can create for himself and others. And... Again, that size, 6'6", gives you a little bit of that versatility to maybe play the one through three. Uh, Chris, I'm really feeling Malcolm Caslin this year, and I think that he could be a guy that rises up as the season goes along. So what do you think about He's 20 years old now, so he's a grandpa. But what do you, what, what do you yeah, think about him? I don't him? know. I don't know. He's too old. Uh, you know, uh, Oklahoma City would, would take him off their board because he's too old. Um, no, but he's someone that we've seen the draft cycle before. Mm-hmm. Um has the nice size, you know, what uh, can make you say could probably play two, you know, you know, multiple positions. Yep. You know, uh has like you said improved as a shooter, you know, uh can create off the, in the uh, the per and the perimeter. Just has a lot of a lot of things you like, like except streaky, obviously, yep. but he has improved, you know, so that's something, you know, um like I said, solid playmaker, you know, um, you know, uh, even though, you know, assisted turnover ratio is a little low, but I think uh, you know, Acts a lot to handle the ball, so maybe you know at the next level won't be able to, to won't do as much with the ball in his sure. hand. So that that you know the turnovers and all that, but definitely someone that uh definitely gonna be rising up. You know I've seen him kind of in that second round range. Yeah, you know, and I think he could possibly creep up to the first round. You know, obviously with a with a good season and all that. And so far he's off to a good start. So I think uh, we'll be seeing his name you know rise up more in the draft boards because he has good size for for a perimeter player six foot two you know 200 plus pounds so and, and is shooting the ball great from three and you know three and d guys you know potentially you could that could be him so uh definitely and it definitely uh rise enough for sure so it's enough definitely no another guy on my i need to watch more of him and, and see how um how he progresses yeah and you know just how much wiggle does he have to his game can he break down a defender you know, in yeah. isolation, you know, things like that you have to look at. And he's not as young. He's he's 20. Playing on the control, too. Playing on, Playing he, on like the control. Like you mentioned before, you mm-hmm. had the perfect comp. And then I, I don't know if you did that on, on accident. Or per- Alex Burke is, to me, is when you said that name, I immediately thought Alex Burke watching his, his game. And then I'm like, okay, they're very similar. Very similar type of – I think same, same size, too. Maybe, yeah, maybe about six, he's a six. little – yeah, I think he may be a little taller than Burks. Burks may be six four, six five, but kind of similar games. Yeah. You know, a very similar stage, streaky style, but when they get hot, they can get hot. And I think that's what we could see from Malcolm is when he gets hot, he 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 could light it up. You know, but it's just that consistency and all that. And um, you know, so uh, and Burks sometimes can can t- as in the playoffs last year, Burks took over. So and I and I think you could see that from Malcolm where you could have those, you know, as he gets progresses in his in his NBA career. You could see some of that, those Alex Burke type flashes where and playmake a little bit. So, uh, intriguing, definitely an intriguing prospect. Yeah, absolutely. And you've seen how countrymen, you know, Teo Maladon has has kind of grown a little bit in Oklahoma City. Um, you know, again, fellow Frenchman, you know, big, uh, highly endorsed by Tony Parker. I think Malcolm Kozlin is going to be one of these players that's going to improve over the season as he has literally every other year that he's been a professional in France. I think this year is going to be the year, Chris, where we see him come over stateside. And I think a team's going to give him a really good shot to um, earn some minutes this year. But as we move forward um, in the season, so we will with uh, the last player that we're going to talk about today, that being Mojave King. Now, he's a 19-year-old player from New Zealand, 
a 6'5", 200 pounds, another one of these perimeter creators. Um, now he's from New Zealand, but he's not playing for the Breakers. He's playing for Adelaide this year. So uh, it, it's a shame that we're not going to see that three-headed monster that could have been with uh, Hugo Diang and uh, Mojave. But a, a player last year, Chris, averaged six points per game, uh, shot about 38, 38, 39% from the floor, only about 33% from deep. Uh, two and a half rebounds per game, less than a turnover per game in about 17 minutes. Uh, Chris, as I look at this player, man, I see someone who's very active even without the ball. He's a very crafty offensive rebounder, which I think his hustle is going to help him out a lot when he's being evaluated. Uh, you know, has active hands on defense, could be a good help defender. I don't know if he's ever really going to develop into like a ball stopper, mm -hmm. but I think that he, he can conform to a defensive scheme pretty well. And dribble pass shoot, again, 33% isn't that high. But again, eight, 18-year-old player last season. This year, a little bit more season, playing for a little bit better team, I figure. And uh, moving forward, Chris, how do you like Mojave? I, I haven't watched Nakala, and I haven't watched a lot of film on him. So he's definitely another one of those guys I need to to uh, to, to watch more. But, um, you know, uh, I don't have too much, you know, uh, you know uh, intel on him. So, But like I said, definitely a guy I'm, I'm going to – keep my eye on it, see uh, um, what he can do. You know, has some nice size, so, you know, mm -hmm. 65, 200 pounds, so um, play some off guard, you know, off ball guard. So going to see, uh, we'll see how he does, you know. Um, you know, so uh, another guy I'm going to definitely have my eye on. There's so many guys, so many international guys that I that uh, have on my list of guys I need to just somehow grab some film and watch. But um, he's definitely gonna, he's definitely on top of that list. Yeah, and we're going to, you know, obviously we're not just a, an international, you know, a, you know, analysis for NBA draft and things like that. But it's good to kind of dive in and talk about these guys preseason. And again, you know, it's really hard to get film on these guys. But it, to me, it's more fruitful to have conversations about what little film we have on them as opposed to talking about high school film for these for these domestic for these domestic players. Right. So, Chris. That's really it for today's show, man. Just want to thank everyone so much for watching live. If you yes, did, sir. if you're listening to us, obviously it's a pleasure. It's a treat as always. Please, uh, if you got friends, family, you know, people who you talk NBA draft with, hopefully, you know, you found your next new favorite NBA draft analyst show. And we have some great guests lined up for the in the coming weeks. Chris, we got our buddy Tyler Rucker from the backcourt violation is going to be I'm joining us next week. First Tyler. time working with them. I've been following him on Twitter for quite some time. And uh, can't wait to do some work with him. And then the following his, week, his right? draft guide, the draft guide they had, one of the it was absolutely tremendous. That draft guide they put out, I mean, that was it's so in depth, and it was just they they made it simple too, yep. where it was easy to read for whoever for whoever if you if you weren't familiar with it, it wasn't too complicated. Some of these draft guides they get too complicated. They made it super. They try easy. to be the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, no, like they made that, it yeah. simple. They're like, hey. Player A needs to work on this, 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 and yep. they tremendous. And uh, you know, uh, they got they got me. Uh, I'm a customer for life, so uh, they do great work. So I'm I'm really excited to have Tyler on the show. Yeah, and Tyler does great work. He's he's been one of these guys, man, that I've kind of been been targeting on social media because yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, friends yeah. with a lot of our friends, man. And I haven't got yeah, to do any work. He's in that draft else. circle. Yeah, he's in that draft circle that feels like you know everyone you know that we we we've. Uh, worked with and interact with you know uh, throughout these draft cycles so it was only a matter of time him. before the it's only a matter of time before the world got small enough before we had tyler on the show and then yeah. speaking of other friends that i've been dying to do any sort of work with our buddy albert from the draft act podcast you know we and they just did it i think they just did a show with, with tyler so like that that's they're releasing that some sort show. of crazy thing between yeah. you know our buddy nathan from draft deeper our guy Corey and albert from draft act and then tyler from backcourt violation they all have this crazy you know in 40 it's like the countdown for when jericho joined you know <laughs> wwf you know when it was just like a countdown and we had no idea what was going on that's yep. what these guys are up to right now so stand by for that but our buddy albert from the draft act podcast i haven't done any work with him personally i, I know Corey has been a frequent you know, guests on, on both of our shows before we've, you know, decided to throw draft capital together, but we're going to have Albert on draft capital before Corey. And I can't wait to do some work with, uh, our, with our buddy Albert from draft capital or excuse me, from draft tech here on draft capital. But Chris, man, as a, as always, and by the way, it's so good to see you and hear you for the first time in quite some time since I've been back from deployment, man. So 
thank you for again for co-hosting the show with me let's let the folks know where they can find you and your work man always a pleasure to chop it up with you talking international prospects talk, you know, we're gonna have so many great shows lined up so i'm super excited to get you know uh dive back into the draft scene and then uh chopping up with you so uh happy you're back again so but yeah you can find me off the ball pod twitter instagram facebook you know uh make sure you follow all the guys at off the ball network so uh like I said, it's a pleasure, and I uh, can't wait for next show. Yeah, absolutely. And as for myself, you can follow me at Stephen G Hoops on Twitter. You can follow Draft Capital at Draft Capital NBA on any social media outlet, and anywhere that you, you're getting your um, you know podcast from, look for Draft Capital is going to be one of your new favorite draft analysis shows out there. And don't go too too far because here at 7:30 p.m. Eastern, if you're watching listening live, we're going to be hosting full court Fridays on Twitter spaces and off the ball network exclusive where you're going to get good NBA uh, content at large. A lot of the hoop heads from off the ball network are going to be there, but we won't delay anybody else any longer. Just thank you everyone so much for tuning in, for listening to draft capital uh, for my co-host, Chris LeBron for myself, Stephen Gillespie repping off the ball network to the fullest. This has been draft capital and we'll catch up with y'all next time. Much love everybody. Peace and love.